Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the NACF Podcast. And anybody can talk the talk, wear the t-shirt, know all the catchy, cliche, churchy sayings. The true test of your Christian character is can you live it? Being a Christian is an re- ongoing relationship and it's a daily lifestyle. And my question is, can you live it? And we're not talking about a life where you never make a mistake. Some of you give it up because you make mistakes and you think we're looking for perfection. The world does not expect you to be perfect. And the Lexus all got to stay here. The Versace and the Vera Wangs, the Mercedes and all the money has got to stay here. But I can take you with me. You can take me with you. We can take our family. We can take our friends. We can take our co-workers with us. We can take our neighbors. We can take with us to heaven strangers who we haven't even met yet. We can even take our enemies and all our exes. You can take the woman that stole your husband. You can take the guy who stole your innocence. People. We do people. They used to say back in the day, we're in the soul-saving business. That's the business we're in. We're in the soul-saving business. We are in partnership with Jesus to be fishers of people. People. So here at New Antioch, we're going to level up evangelism. Level up evangelism. Level up evangelism. So God gave me this illustration, and I don't know if if, uh, David can pull us out so we can see across the stage or use our multiple cameras. We have multiple cameras, you know. Uh, So so if you you may not be able to see this whole thing, hopefully he can make the adjustment. uh, so this is, this is how God showed this to me. So Lord, help me do this right. Imagine that this is a river of rap, you know, the rapids, like usually going downhill and it's rocky and it's uh, got that white water and it can be dangerous, um, but it looks like fun. And imagine that, that in, this, in this river, it gets all the way to the end of the river and usually rapids and drop off the falls, right? And you drop off to your death if you don't get out of that river. And so imagine this is called Sin River. And Sin River looks like fun. And you're just going down the rapids in Sin River. But sometimes you hit a rock. Sometimes you tear up the boat and you'll find yourself drowning in Sin River. If you don't drown before you get to the end of Sin River, uh, once you do get to the end of it, you drop off of Hell Falls. And if I had some dramatic people get you all the way down, Sin River, then ah! <laughs> off hell falls. There is a Sin River in every city. And in North Las Vegas, we have been set in North Las Vegas in front of Sin River. 
And our job is to pull people out of Sin River before they fall over hell's fall. So uh, give me about five people. Come jump in, jump in the Sin River for me. I'm going to need y'all help today, so servant leaders and ministers, y'all work for me, so I know y'all going to help me out. But So, come on this side. You're at the top of, of Sin River, and you're just going down Sin River, and our job is to grab you out of Sin River. <laughs> you ain't going? You over there. I didn't hear the holler. But our job is to grab you out of Sin River. And this represents the kingdom. This represents the church. And what our job is to do is to grab you out of Sin River and pull you into the kingdom. And grab you out of Sin River and rescue you and bring you into the kingdom and grab you out of sin river bring you to the this is called evangelism right. and now y'all don't lead a church now you're in the kingdom you're in the church but what tends to happen is uh, give me three more people in sin river Y'all scared? This is a demonstration in the church. It ain't, it ain't real. So y'all gonna make me do like I did these folk this morning. Don't act like you ain't been in Sin River. I told them this morning, some of y'all still wet because you was in Sin River last night. Y'all come in here and act like you don't know nothing about Sin River. The problem is, is people, can stop right there. No matter how much, we, we, I pulled them out, but I look back and there are still people in Sin River. And the other problem is that even though we pulled them out, go back there, people have a tendency to leave church and to go back to Sin River. They was in the church two months ago, and I look up again, and they right back in Sin River. So what I need then is someone uh, to be a part of the ministry that teaches people how not to fall back in to Sin River. So that's community groups. That's our worship service on Sunday. That's our Bible study. And it teaches, so you stand here, you are the one in, in those areas that teach the folks how not to fall back in. But we still got another problem because we still got all of these folk, come and pull you out, that, that, and every time I pull one out and go back to church, I lose another one over the falls. And so now I'm looking, I still got all these folks. What I need now as a ministry is people who will see what's happening upriver that causes all these people to be in Sin River in the first place. 
So, so somebody in, in the church now is, is stationed at the top of the rapids. And what you're doing, go down, yeah, that's fine. What you're doing is, is making sure they don't fall in Sin River in the first place. At least slow these numbers down. This is youth ministry. This is children's ministry. This is Antioch Community Services that try to help people not fall in the sin river in the first place. I know everybody's born in sin, but, but you ain't had the rapids yet. If we can catch you before it gets dangerous, if we can catch you before you start drowning. So now somebody has to be there. So we have somebody keeping them from going back in the river. We have somebody that's slowing down for going in the river, but we still, y'all come back around again, sin river again, but we still got folks in sin river. So we pull this one out and we pull this one out and you guys hold up there for a minute. And now we have a church. Imagine that each one of these people represent 10 people. So now we have the church in the church. I don't have an evangelist pulling nobody out. So give me, give me an evangelist that, that, that your job now is to pull them out of Sin River. But y'all stay there for a minute. Till we... And so now we have in the church, we have, we have a couple of kind of people. We have people that are now going to stay in the church. They're not going back to Sin River, but they're not going to do anything else. They're not going to take a... They're not, they, they're not gonna take a class, they're not gonna, they just gonna sit. And the cold thing about it is they can go to heaven from here. Yeah. And so they just say, they're gonna chill, I'm not gonna do anything. Um, not gonna join a community group, I'm, I'm just gonna stay safe. And so step back because that's, that's, they're gonna be right where they are. But now we're wearing out the folk. We got more people that are keep piling in the Sin River. We're trying to keep these out, but, but we don't have enough workers. So now we need another thing. What we need now is a training institute. So now we got Kingdom Academy. And what Kingdom Academy does is it, is it grab me a, folk, a couple more folk out of Sin River. <laughs> so now in, in training, now that they're in the church and they've done their, they've done their community group and they've, they've become um, uh, where they're, they're not running back into the Sin River all the time. Now we need to train them so that we have more folk that help to keep them out. So send one over to Children Youth Ministry ACS. Send one uh, back to, to uh, helping the folk not get, go back. And then you got your group that ain't going to do nothing. So here's where we are as a church right now. Give me about two, three more people in Sin River. Now we're in a situation where everybody that is in the church is either already working or ain't going to do nothing. And there's, and because our weakness, I should say, because the area that we need to level up mm -hmm. is evangelism, mm -hmm. 
we don't have anyone else to join a community group. Except for the one that's already in it. We don't have anyone else. We had seven people, and some of them took more than one class. We had seven folk in Kingdom Academy because there's no nothing new. Because everybody that was, that's going to take Kingdom Academy has taken it already. And so the church becomes stagnant in growth. We've been at sort of around the same number of community groups for years. Our numbers in Keaton Academy keep going down because everybody that's going to take something that's going to ever do anything has done it already. And they're already working. And they're kind of worked out because we're not pulling enough folk out of Sin River. But if we would pull, get them out of Sin River now, you got a church that's growing. And imagine this is 10 people now. You got a church that, that, that's, that's moving now. You have people to go to community group. Now you have, we need more community group because we got 100 new members. Now we got people. He might, he might need to go. <laughs> now we have people that can be trained to do youth ministry. Now we got people to be trained to, to do community groups. But as long as we are not pulling enough folk out of the river, the entire church becomes stagnant. Because there's nobody new. And the ones of you, ones of you that are here are either never going to do nothing or you're doing too much already. You've already taken all the classes there are to take. And so the areas of our church become stagnant, stagnant unless we level up our evangelism. Get it? Yeah. Thank you. We have to have more people evangelizing. And so why don't we evangelize? We don't evangelize because it can be hard. Why is it so hard to get these people out of Sin River? Because they fight you. They reject you. They don't respond sometimes. They, they just won't come out. Like the, the first one you did, uh, 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 Ms. Sister Jones showed you, they just won't come out. They think they're having fun until they drown. They think they're having fun because some of them get through life loving the world until they get to hell falls. And so some of them don't want to go out even if they're drowning. Some of them drowning and don't want to come out. You know, Pastor, I, I need help with this. Pastor, I need help with that. Can the church help me with this? But they want everything except for to be saved. Because you know you wouldn't keep falling and drowning if you'd get out the river. No, what I want you to do. Come here, Nikki. What, 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 you, what, what some of them folk want us to do is just hold them from drowning. Without ever getting out the river. I want to stay in the river. I'm having fun in the river. I just need y'all to hold me up so I don't drown. What makes pulling them out of Sin River such a challenge? And then you got an enemy that wants to pull you under. Y'all know when you arrest you, some folk, they try to pull you under. 
is it so difficult for us to do evangelism? Well, one reason is that we're living in a time where no one tells them the truth. They can't trust the government. Y'all know that's what's really happened with COVID being so bad in the United States. How do we get to be like the one of the worst countries in COVID getting smashed? It's because nobody was telling us the truth. The president said, don't listen to the CDC. And the CDC said, don't listen to the... And nobody was telling us the truth. The Republicans told you one thing. The Democrats tell you another thing. Nobody's telling us the truth. Schools now are trying to rewrite history. Don't say this. We can't say that. Then you're not going to get the truth. Social media, I hope y'all don't get, think you're getting truth on social media. I hope social media is not where you're getting all your news. But I read, I read on the internet, what? You, bet, you betting your life on what you read on the internet? Parents aren't telling kids the truth. Your doctor, you don't know if your doctor's telling you the truth. Because everything seems like a conspiracy to keep us sick. Because if they really use technology to get all of us well, it's going to be some people that's going to lose a whole lot of money. There's money in keeping us sick. Y'all know that, right? The news, it depends on which news you look at. One thing happened. Some people tried to take over the Capitol. Or, no, it was a peaceful demonstration if I watched this news. It was an insurrection if I watched this news. It was just some other folks, but it wasn't everybody when you watch this news. Back in the day, y'all remember Walter Conkright? You, you, you used to could believe what Walter said. But now you can't even get the truth on the news. Even preachers don't tell people the truth. So everything seems like it's a be a, be a conspiracy to make money. The government wants money and they want power and they want to control your thinking. And the news wants money and people think preachers wants money. You think your doctor wants money. You think everything is about money. And I think I kind of do feel that way too because I know we're going over there. They're talking about us going over there to stop Russia from going to the Ukraine. What I want to know, what is it that we want in the Ukraine? It's got to have something to do with money. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what this generation believes. Everything's a conspiracy to have power to control you. And that's because, and so this generation, because of that, this generation believes only their own personal truth. They decide what they believe and what's right for them, and then they try to force all of us to accept it. I don't feel like I have a gender. Y'all have to accept that. I don't believe in marriage. Y'all need to accept that. If you accept it, you're being judgmental. You're being intolerant. I want to have an assault weapon because I like guns. And y'all just have to accept that. This is my body, and you don't have a right to tell me what I can put in it, what I can put on it, or what I can do with it, and you just got to accept that. And a lot of y'all believe this because this is the generation that you're in. This is my personal truth. There's a big problem 
with this concept of personal truth. The problem is that there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is destruction, also known as hell falls. The problem is that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. The problem is that when my lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. But this generation has an internal truth that it wants everybody else to conform to. But Christians believe in an external absolute truth that we deny our internal truth for. And we conform our internal truth to the external absolute truth. When we are born again, that external absolute truth comes and lives inside of us. The Bible calls it the spirit of truth. And then we conform ourselves to the spirit of truth. We accept that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But we're trying to reach a people who don't believe anyone anymore. They've been lied to, deceived gaslighted, abused, tricked, manipulated. So when we get to talking and sharing Jesus, they think it might be a scam. They think it might be a scam. On my telephone now, certain numbers come in and it'll say scam likely. Sometimes, as we share with them Jesus, something inside of them says scam likely. I don't answer phone calls that say scam likely. And so people think this might be a scam. Because it, it is quite a fantastic story after all. It's quite a story. <laughs> That, that there, there's a God up there somewhere that you can't see. Um, and then there's a heaven and a hell. And, and they have to believe in this God, not another one. You don't get to pick one. You have to believe in this particular God and only this God. Oh, and his son who lived about 2,000 so years ago, who loved them so much that he died for them. And his blood is their ticket to this great afterlife which they can't see either. And really, it's a wonderful story. It's the greatest story ever told. But y'all have to admit, it's quite a fantastic story. So is the dumb one they tell about being, having a big bang and, and an amoeba that became a gorilla that became us. That, that's a fantastic story too. But <laughs> So because this story can be so fantastic in their mind, they think this might be a scam. Plus, they've heard so much negative press from the accuser. Because the word devil means slanderer or accuser, slanderer or accuser. The devil talks bad about God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost every day, all day. And he's a liar. And he's fairly good at it. And he markets his lies sometimes better than we market the truth. Now, he loses in the end. The kingdom of God prevails. The kingdom of God is enlarging and expanding every day. Uh, but, but sometimes his followers 
will do for a lie what some of us won't do for the truth. So in the meantime, we have the job of pulling people out of this sin river in Las Vegas and Aliante in North Las Vegas before they head over to Hell Falls. But most of them think this might be a scam. So how do we market this great news that we have the vaccine and the cure for their real problem, which is sin. How do we fish them out of sin river, the one that they are drowning in? How do we convince them that this is real? Well, we are fishers of people. And so Jesus said to tell you that the bait is your love and your lifestyle. When you go fishing, you got to have bait. When you go to pull them out, you got to have something that hooks them in. You got to have something that they're drawn to, something that makes them want to come out. And the bait is your love and your lifestyle. So he says, a new command I give to you. I'm sending you all out there, but I got a new command for you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you're to love one another. By this will they know that this thing is real. By this they'll know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You see, there's something that God put in human beings that responds to love. God put it in everybody. Even the worst sinner in the world will tell you that love is the most powerful force in the universe. They wrote songs about it. What you won't do, do for love. What you won't take for love what you won't endure for love love makes us all crazy love takes us all there male and female young and old rich and poor cute and ugly love does something to all of us jesus says then that your love is the bait it is your utmost identifying factor of who you are but notice where he starts it in this text he's talking to his disciples there's no one in the room when Jesus utters these words except those who already believe in him. He's talking to believers. They will know. He's saying they will know this thing is real when they see the way you love each other. And yes, that love will extend to the folk that we're trying to fish out. It, it overflows in how we act at work. The love overflows in how you behave at the beauty shop and at the barbershop and in the mall and when you're on vacation and when you're at the park and when you're in the neighborhood. That love overflows. But when they see us together, they should be so overwhelmed by the way we love each other that they say, I know this is not a scam. When they see us together, they should be so overwhelmed when they see Christian couples hanging out together that they say this is not a scam. When they see you interacting with your children at the school, when they see a group of us that are together and we're out to dinner, when they watch us when we go hanging out at the airport getting ready to go on a trip, when they come to church and sit among us, they ought to be so overwhelmed with how we love each other that
as they say, this is not a scam. These people have something that I don't have. This is such a loving place. At our events, can they see our love when we give out food? Can they see our love when we do angel tree and back to school fairs? When we volunteer in the community, can they see our love? Can they feel the power of our love? God has placed the thirst in them for love. Every human being has a thirst for love. It's in every human spirit to thirst for God and his experience in love. God is love. So every human spirit has a thirst for God. It's created in them and it's expressed or it's triggered in love. Our love is debate. The kind way we talk. The kind way we talk. The smiles. The service. The openness. Y'all, if you don't figure out how to love people and stop being so defensive and guarded and introverted and private and quiet, they're going to think that this is a scam. I'm going to say that again. If you don't figure out how to love people and stop being so defensive, stop being so guarded, stop being so introverted. Just because you're an introvert don't mean you can't love people. Jesus was introverted. Every time he needed to recharge, he had to go by himself. And then he'd come back and love people. So he can't say, no, I'm just an introvert. Uh-uh. I'm so private. I'm just a private person. I really don't like people in my business. I'm just quiet. You're going to have to figure out how to get over all of that or they're going to think this is just a scam. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Those who do not love do not know God because God is love. So no more excuses about why you really don't fool with people. Y'all know. Well, you know, I don't really fool with people like that. I know you said it. You know, I really don't fool with a whole lot of people. Your love is the bait. Your love and your lifestyle. Can you live it? Can you live it? Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. But if you lose your saltiness, how are you going to get your credibility back? How are you going to be salty again? Now you're just good for nothing. Said to be thrown out and trampled over. Well, Pastor, how did I lose my saltiness? You lose your saltiness by not even trying to live this thing out. By being too lazy about your lifestyle. See, being a Christian is not an event or an experience. It's a relationship and a lifestyle. It's not a one thing that happens to you. It's not a one thing that you experience. That, Ooh, like, I feel born again. Being a Christian is an re ongoing relationship, and it's a daily lifestyle. And my question is, can you live it? Yeah. And we're not talking about a life where you never make a mistake. Some of you give it up because you make mistakes and you think we're looking for perfection. The world does not expect you to be perfect. Matter of fact, that actually turns them off. It makes it feel phony. Y'all acting a little bit too perfect. Ain't nobody that perfect. It makes it feel like a scam. They don't expect you to be perfect. 
But they do expect you to be real and different. To be real and different. They need to something, see something in you that's real and that is different than what's in them. Matter of fact, they'll try to get you to drink and smoke with them. When deep inside, they're hoping that you won't. They'll try to get you to have sex with them. While the whole time, they're hoping that you won't. They'll try to provoke you to cuss and fight with them. And they get so disappointed when they can get you to do it. Why? Because they're looking for something real and different. And when you fall with them, now you've lost your saltiness. Yeah, they wanted you to do it. Yeah, they wanted you to fit in. But the minute you did, you disappointed them. You broke something in them. You dashed their hopes. Because they were hoping that this Jesus thing was not a scam. I feel the anointing. They're looking for something real and different. They're looking for you to be something that tells them this is not a scam. And once you lose your saltiness in their eyes, you've lost credibility and you become good for nothing. But when you show them something real and different, it triggers their thirst for God. It's salt. It triggers their thirst for God. It, that's like salt makes you thirst for water. And some of you, if you've already stopped witnessing, you don't witness because you think you've lost credibility already because of your lifestyle. Let me show you how to fix that. Repent to them. Apologize. Tell them you messed up, but that you're getting it together. Tell them, you know what, yesterday when I went there with you, I felt so bad because I'm changed on the inside. And I just can't live like that no more. That's real and different. So just because you don't live it perfectly doesn't mean you don't live it. Just be real and be different. Even how we handle failure is different. He says you're the light of the world. A town built on a hid can't be hidden. You People don't take a lamp and put it under a bowl. They put it on a lampstand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In other words, stop hiding who you are. Stop hiding who you are. Let me park here. A lot of people think because they don't live this thing perfect that if they say they're a Christian that they're being a hypocrite. A lot of people think because they see people in the church that, if he that, that are doing you, some of the stuff they're doing that the church is full of Somebody hypocrites. say if he hears me. But you know when you're being I a have. hypocrite? It's when you're doing wrong. It's confident in prayer. You're not doing, being a hypocrite when you're in here doing right. Confidence in trouble. <laughs> David said though an army. Because this is what you really believe. My heart. This is the only time I'm being real. The when I'm living right and I'm praising God, I believe in Jesus Christ. So this is when I'm being real. When I'm trying to fit out there with you, that's when I'm being a hypocrite. Well, it's good to me, Rev. BJ. I ain't a whole lot of hypocrites in the church. It's hypocrites Stop in the club. at you. Stuff going on. That's what happened to you the other week. Because they in the club War trying to get, out. and their heart is still in the church. That's, that's when you being a hypocrite. Like, War broke out. That's what's when you cussing at somebody, that ain't when you being a hypocrite. When you're blessing them is when you're being real. I mean, I'm sorry, but when you cussing them out, that's when you're being a hypocrite because you don't even believe in that. Out. Then the Bible says... Even if war breaks out, so I'm not gonna go to church because I won't be a hypocrite. This is the only time you're real. Then. 
I get a pink slip even then. So stop hiding who you are. They cut off all Let them see Jesus even in you. then. Give light where I you are. I get sick in my body. Even Tell then. them the truth. Show them the my truth. My kids start tripping. They even this then, might be a scam, I but will you know be this is real. confident. Okay, I hear about five people that you know this is real. It's confidence in trouble. Psalms 27, You know this is 13. real. Ten so turn your later, light on. He had confidence in, in his, his darkness. Outcome. Light is no good in light. Who need more light? This in is the good. Light? Who need a flashlight? He in said, the "I remain confident." Light is only in effective this. in darkness. I will see. And someone you know is in darkness. The goodness someone you of know the Lord is in the darkness of depression. In the land. They're in the, the darkness of anxiety. I'm not talking about pie. They're in the darkness of anger. I'm talking about bitterness and fear. They're in the darkness of struggle and addiction. They're caught up in am. that river of sin. And they're drowning in the see. darkness. And you I'm have confident. the light. You have the I'm truth. Confident. So he said, let your light shine. See Be the kind of the Lord. Be kind and the Be kind in the community. Do good to people. Do good deeds. Do random acts of kindness. Give them a kind word. Give them a compliment. Let your light shine before others that they can see your good deeds and they'll glorify your father. You'll make them thirsty for him since we have confidence to enter the most holy place and your blood of Jesus. Holler out, Mother Wood. Everybody say that. Say, my love and my lifestyle. What's the bait? Say, in this church, you tell me what's the bait. Our co pastor does a lot of teaching on the. What do they the want to see? Well, the most holy What's going to get people out there is where river. the presence of God was. Not your snow, much your technique. And everybody could not technique. go. Not just your time. We're going to give y'all some was. timing and how, no, how to win the proper question and how uh, to get them saved. But you know what's really going to pull them is we can have the confidence. Can you live it? To enter. Can you live it? Where we weren't allowed Jesus was before. Talking to his disciples that I can get up in the morning he to and he enter the and most going, holy place of God because of the blood of Jesus. I can Always walk talking. right up to the throne said, of God in you now. confidence. I'll lay down my life for you. And so Jesus answered, will you really? <laughs> really, Peter? Let us hold will you really? unswervingly lay down your life for me. To the hope we profess, for he who promised, you're gonna deny three times that you even know me. You can't swear. What he's asking you is, so I said you can't swear. Lay down your life for me. Yeah, y'all remember that old stupid game called? When you get out there with the people, are you gonna disown? In a game called chicken, two idiots by compromising your life would get in their cars. Can you live it? And speed toward each other. Setting up a head-on collision. You can look like it. The first one to swerve was chicken. You can promote it. And now, if you were confident that you were braver you than your opponent, with it, but can you then live? you would refuse you can claim to swerve. It. You can wear the t-shirt. Uh, you had to be able to convince them I see the that you were crazier than the they God were. dope t-shirts. And that you were determined to prove that you were not chicken, even if it cost you your life. You can even love it. But if you were you not can master sure the language, how that you, you were crazier than them. If you're not sure that you, you were willing to die. Girl, to how you doing? I'm blessed. If you weren't sure that you really weren't a chicken inside, praise the Lord. Then when you got right to the point of before the point of impact, 
you would swerve. Well, the writer of Hebrews was speaking to a congregation of those who used to be Jewish and now they're Christians and it's costing them their livelihoods and they were being persecuted and some of them were put to death. And he, so he's saying, look, even though this is hard for you, even though it might cost you, I need you to get the right perspective on this. Understand that the devil is playing chicken with you. Then I am and you can't swerve. You live it. The Holy Ghost is called alongside to help. Well, the reason you don't swerve is because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The reason we don't swerve is that God caused, promised you that uh, you are going to have victory. The God that promised you victory is faithful. So we don't swerve. Jesus is real. So imagine and the this game of chicken. Is your love and your the devil is coming at you. We need to convince them and you're coming at the devil. That this is not fear is coming at you. Can you and you coming at fear. Intimidation is coming at you. And you coming at intimidation. Failure is coming at you. And you're coming at failure. Yes, the enemy is coming at you, and you're coming at the enemy, and the impact may hurt you, but you can't swerve. Be confident of this. Why? Because, y'all got my pictures ready? Because he is driving that. And you are driving this. For those who can't see, the devil's driving a little, little bitty smart cars. I call them driving caskets. You already in your casket driving up there. And you are driving a Mack truck. So why? Would you swerve? For Trey and for all these musicians, I know how to hide behind instruments. I hid behind that one right there for years, but there was more in me than playing the organ. There was more in me than directing choirs, and God didn't let me hide. The music department is a great place to hide. The music department is a great place to hide. The music department is a great place to hide. The music department is a great place to hide. It's a great place to hide. But God said, you're not going to be able to hide. There's more in you than this. I was a pastor playing the organ. I was a pastor trying to direct choirs. And there's more in you all. 
You need to replicate yourself and come to a higher level. You're not supposed to be the talent. You're supposed to be the people developer. Let your light so shine. We're done, I think. Thank you all. That's it. Put it back up there. Can you live it? Can you live it? Father, seal this word. Seal this word in their hearts. God, let them hear it throughout the week. God, give them some divine appointments with people that they're supposed to be pulling out of the sin river. In the name of Jesus, anoint your people. Give them the ability to live this life that their love and their lifestyle be the bait that pulls people out. We shake every stagnant spirit off of this church. In the name of Jesus, we will be fruitful. We will multiply. We will build to capacity. We will level up in the name of Jesus. And it is so. Amen. Thank you all for going red with me today. It's going red for heart disease. And as you guys know, in 2012, I had a heart attack and God let me know. They couldn't decide whether I had one or not, but God told me I had it and told me when I had it. Because especially with women, we don't feel the symptoms the same way men do. We don't just have that heart chest pain. We might have pain in our back. We might have pain in our arms. And we have a strange sensation that goes up our neck and goes into our jaws. And that's what happened to me. If anybody know anything about Northtown, coming up that hill on Miller. And I felt that entire sensation. And God said, that's when I had a heart attack. But he gave me my life back. But it also came with a change in my lifestyle. I had to change my lifestyle. And had I not changed my lifestyle when I did, I know I would have died on that street. But God let me live on because I was willing to change. So I'm just asking you all to do one thing for me. Just change one thing. Now you might have to go through some scams, but you can't Google what is it that clogs your arteries and what is it that cleans them up. And go on there and find one thing you can do. Fried foods, fast food, uh, cakes and cookies and everything slapped in butter, all those things. Now can I, if I can get one person, I'll be happy. Because even though it is an honor to bury you and send you on to glory, I hate it. Especially when it was unnecessary. And some of y'all think when you die, you're just gone. And it was just your time. But I believe you can do something about it. I believe you can prolong your life. I believe that if you do the right things, that you can have a better quality of life. I talked about that yesterday. And my sister put it on Facebook Live. She said, sorry, after the fact. But if you do want to... Uh, go look at it on her page. I talk about sometimes it is our culture around us that don't want us to do better. But you have to do better. If you can just do one thing different, 
Can I get one person who say, Pastor, I will choose one thing. Every year I try to choose something else to be healthier. I haven't had beef in years. I haven't had pork in years. I stopped that fast food run. If I have to do fast food, it's going to be something grilled. And so if I have, can I get one person to say, Pastor, I will do one thing, make one permanent change. I don't mean don't eat no fried fish this week. I mean... Stay out of KFC, I don't mean this week. I mean a permanent change. Can I get somebody to say, Pastor, for my health, I'm going to make one permanent change. All right, all right, I got more than one. Amen. God bless you. And that's why we go in to remind us of that. Next week, um, even though we are a multicultural church, most of us are African-American, but we are a multicultural church. But black history is American history. And so everybody can participate. Uh, and so we're going to uh, dress out together again next week. You can wear your African garments or a black history shirt or something just to celebrate American history. It's really important right now, uh, especially um, with what's going on right now. Let's celebrate being who we are um, and celebrate other people being who they are. And so we will dress up. Uh, for Black History next week. This is Coaches Sunday. Coaches, we have, I think we have our coaches. I need 20 coaches from this church. I think we're pretty much, uh, we're pretty close to that. Uh, and we're going to have our first training. What coaches are, are people that are in this group that was right here that can coach you either in prayer or in study and how to stay out of Sin River or in something else that they know how to do, um, instruments or cooking or being a single mom, being a dad, being a good husband, being a man, being a woman, all of those things. Uh, they're going to, they will coach you and take you a year. So coaches says, I'm going to take somebody under my wing for a year and share with them something that uh, that I know how to do and replicate. We got to replicate ourselves in people. This is what we're called to do. And so we're having our first training uh, on this Saturday at the Central Campus. Both campuses are coming together. Our head coach here at, at Aliante is Liz Sanford. So she'll be contacting you and keeping up with you. But our training is leveling up. So this year, uh, our our uh, community group leads, I'm considering you head coaches. So our community group leads and our coaches will be doing, having good trainings this year, leveled up trainings this year. It will be this Saturday at Central Campus is from 9 to 12. You're going to be able to get certificates uh, from, I'm a, I'm a certified John Maxwell coach trainer, so you'll get certificates in the law of buy-in, the law of connection, and the law of influence. You can use that. You can put that on your resume. We're leveling up here, so I would love to see our coaches uh, and our community group leaders uh, Saturday from 9 to 12. Uh, at our central campus. Um, I don't, I believe that's so I'm going to turn you over to your co-pastor um, for to end out our services and pray us out. God bless you. We love you. So glad to see you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's give God a great big thank you for our pastor. Yeah, we labor before God to bring what he wants to say to his people. And that was right on time today. It was for us. I do pray that you received what God had for you today. Um, 
what I did feel and I prayed for a few people, God is moving us forward. And we can resist and push back, but he is, has his hands in your back and he is pushing you forward. And so just receive it, just go with it, just stop the resistance and just say, all right, God, I'm going to go with it for whatever that looks like for you. Um, there's a sweet spirit that is rested in the house. And so the, when I do that, when I can feel that that has happened and now it's time for church to end, I believe that the spirit has done what he wanted to do here. Then I say, just find a moment when you get home. Don't be so busy and so preoccupied. Once you get home, find a quiet spot and either say, thank you, just thank you for today or finish speaking to me, Holy Spirit. Is there anything more? Is there anything more? And just ask him to finish what it is that he started on today. Or just sit there, put on some worship music, and just enjoy his presence, y'all. It's all right. We don't have to be so busy all the time. Amen. Amen. Be reminded that we are still in our rally. I think we do have our rally. We, we're moving forward. Hey, if you want, there's our... Um, uh, oh, that's the tiers. That's how you can get involved. You can choose one of those tiers. But we also have where we are. We're going to let us know. We're trying to gain $35,000 for our summer months, y'all. It does slump just like every other business during the um, summer. And so we do have, um, or we'll make sure that we get it for you. If you are going to give to the rally and you have not gotten a number, because that's how we keep track of who you are, we're not going to put your name up there. We're not going to put up how much you pledged. We just put your number up there and that is for you to see how you're doing how you're trekking forward and so let me know let pastor Renee know hey I need a number for the rally and then we'll put you in let us know what your pledge is your pledge could be the $200 it could be uh the 505 it could be the 1011 or it can be the 2022 we try to make it a goal to give the year we give the year back and so let me know let pastor Renee know if you need a number for the rally we'll get your number and we'll start trekking and tracking that whole way amen i'm believing god to do it god has sustained this ministry Amen. Oh, thank you, Brother Marias, because this is not automatic. There are many doors there that, that their doors are closed on churches. And what I want you to do is take a look around. Just look around. I don't see nobody looking around. Thank you, Candace, for looking around. Thank you, Brandon, for looking around. Thank you, Miss Luana, for looking around. Y'all, we are getting ready to fill this church up. Thank you for those who believe me. I got a word on this week. He said, surround yourself with those who believe you. And so thank you for those who believe. Y'all, we're looking better in here. And we're not just collectors. We're connectors. And so thank you for being here. Invite someone to be here uh, with you. There you can see how our percentages are doing on our numbers. These are the people who have contacted me and said, uh, Pastor Rhonda, give me a number. They made their pledge, and you can see people that are on their way. They're deciding, how am I going to get this and get back into the ministry, right? Amen, amen. Let us pray out. Father God, we said thank you, thank you, thank you for today. Thank you for the word. 
Oh God, in the name of Jesus, God, thank you that you are saving us and that you are giving us how to pull others out. God, thank you that you are sending us out after that just one. God, let us search for them. Let us recognize when you have placed us in a divine appointment. Thank you, oh God, for the vision of the house of Antioch. Thank you for those who have a heart to give, to pour in to what it is that you are doing. Thank you that you are making a way for us to connect with this community and that we are making the difference in our lives and in the lives of your people. Oh God, we say thank you that you are sending us out into another week. Allow us to be a blessing. Allow our lives to speak. Allow our lives to work. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, please remain seated. Our sanctuary attendants will get you out. We are still operating very safely over here. We know that the mask mandate has been lifted in our state, um, but we're being careful because we've seen that thing turn around and come back before. <laughs> we think it's happening. It makes us. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope this message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H.org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H-A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante Campus. Or for Central Campus, that's New Antioch Central at 77977.